What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. My daughter, Joey, was over her fuel budget by almost 30%. Oh, wow. And well, how did that happen? Because <laughs> gas prices went up 30%. So okay. I'm, I'm sitting down with her. We're going through her, her, her checking statement, right? I'm teaching her how to, you know, she, she has a little debit card. She gets paid by our business, right? It's a marketing expense for us. And she does things for the business. Good for her. Everything's paid out of her budget. But one of the things I've helped her like focus on is that you have a fuel budget and you have an eating out budget. And we were going through her budget and she was over a significant amount of money. Maybe let's just call it $150. I don't remember what it was. And she was like, dad, I, I can't do anything about that. Gas prices went up. <laughs> what, what would you tell her? Like, what would you like? And by the way, I think everyone right now, most of us are listening to this podcast driving and we know, like we know the price of the pump is significantly higher. I mean, it's a dollar, dollar 25 higher today than it was a year ago. Right. Well, well, and gas, uh, bananas, uh, chicken. Uh, I, I was at my favorite Mexican place the other day and the guy gave me the bill and I said, no, 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 I don't think you understand. I only got one thing of fajitas, some guacamole, you know, it can't be fifty dollars. He's like, chicken has gone up. <laughs> he told me, he said, I remember uh, when I first opened two years ago, a case of chicken is thirty dollars. Now it's one hundred twenty dollars. Goodness. What? For hey, chicken. Well, let's talk about how that applies to today's passive income report podcast. Cause I, I think this is something that we all are dealing with. And we're and, talking about January, 2022 here, just to give reference. And if you're, if you're feeling this pain, right. When you're over your budget. So I was having this conversation with my daughter, but the same conversation I'm having with you right now is that there's a couple options. One, you could have quit driving. So, or you could quit eating, right? Like there's <laughs> whatever your, whatever your budget you're over on because of prices outside of your control have gone up. You could just not spend it. She's like, but dad, I, I don't want to drive any less, right? Like the places I want to go, I want to go. Well, and, and to be honest, if you're, as you're listening to this, you're driving because you have to, in some cases, get from point A to point B. It's not even an option. Right. It's not like reduce driving. It's not like you're taking a Sunday drive, right? It's not like, well, let's just get on the, you know, get in the car and just go look at the trees, you know? <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, I think that used to be a thing. At least they said that. Joy riding. Joy right. Joyriding. I don't think there's a lot of joy riding anymore. It's for a purpose. I'm going somewhere to get there, to drop off a kid, to pick up a kid, to go to work, to come back from work, whatever it is. So I said, well, all right, well, then you should have taken the money out of your food budget. Well, well, no. Well, not only did the food prices go up, but also I want to eat. I got to like, eat. 
so so we're <laughs> I was like Zan, here, here's the thing though. You you got a budget, you gotta stick to it. She's like, Well, but I have more money in my account. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, but that's not the case, right? Because all of that money is not for that. We're gonna be using that money to fund your infinite banking system, right? Your premium's gonna be coming due pretty soon. We're gonna pay that annual premium. That all that money that's in there is not gonna be a part of that. We we've got you know trips that that you want to take part in for your swim, that we're going to be using that, right? There's money in there that are assigned for other things. Well, but what do I do? I was like, well, okay, so you said you don't want to cut back. Well, let me give you the only other two options that I know of. You go get a job, another job to make more money. Yeah, hit up Chick-fil-A or something like that. Right, like, oh, man. Okay, that that doesn't sound good. Work extra hours, right? Go make more money. We we all have been there. Like, well, maybe I'll get a second job. Maybe I'll try to work overtime in my current job. Maybe I'll try to do more more functions in my job to make more money. Ask for a raise, whatever. What's option number three, though, Joe? What what's what's behind door number three that has to do with today's podcast? You gotta find your investor DNA and get busy creating passive income streams. That's how you increase your budget to keep up with inflation and keep up with all this nonsense going on. You got to find things that you can get money at work, making more money that put dollars in your pocket that can pay for those things. And that that's what she and I had conversation. I was like, well, look like you've only got one short term rental unit right now. We've got to find a way to get two. Right, we've got to figure out how how to get three. Maybe we need to consider what other things that you could be doing on a passive basis that could have that increase your income. And if you can do that, then you can offset the impacts of inflation as it relates to you. And that's really all that matters, right? Like, it's how does it impact me compared to everybody else? So if you're listening to this and you don't have passive income, you have zero in passive income. You got to get started somewhere, Joey. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash passport. Our passport challenge is the thing that will help you get clarity. And from there, you can take action going through our Pathfinder course and then ultimately jumping on a free call with one of our coaches to define how do I take my investor DNA, apply it to the specific opportunities that I'm gifted and talented and, and more geared toward so that I can create passive income for myself. So I hope that this podcast episode not only is just motivation to say, if these two knuckleheads can do it, I can too, <laughs> but also to say, man, like if I'm being impacted by the cost of things going up, I don't have to sit back and take it. There are things that I can do to offset impact. So Joey, without further ado, let's jump into this episode with January 2022's Passive Income Report. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, Joey, today we're covering January 2022's Passive Income Report. There's a lot of things to cover here. 
things that we talk about every single month, right? But there's, I think there's more behind the scenes to the numbers that I, I, I want to make sure we don't miss, right? Because passive income is, as we know, super hard to create. There's lots of challenges, isn't it? There, there's some passive income streams that is just purely investing, and we have some of that here on our report. But then a lot of the things that you and I do is in, is really dealing with businesses, and right. businesses have ups and downs. They have seasonality to them, and I think we're going to show that. Absolutely. You want me to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and show our screen here so you can follow along with us on today's report. And uh, yeah, to your point, um, we want to be open so that you see it's not always 100% even keel in terms of the passive income that we receive, especially when it's tied to businesses that have people involved, systems involved, and seasons involved. And, uh, and as you can see, we, we're down a little bit this month uh, compared to even last month. Well, for and, those who can't see, who, who are not listening or who are just listening and not looking at this, whether on YouTube or live as we're, we're live right now on YouTube and Facebook. So welcome to everybody joining us. Thank you for, for participating in this live. But if you're listening to us um, on a treadmill or running down the road, we, we enjoy having you here too. This month, we brought in a total income of 94000 We had expenses of a little over 61000 for the month. So our net Passive income for the month of January was 33000 Not shabby at all, but as compared to last month, Joey, we were down 34%. We we did fifty over 50000 the previous month. So there are some things that we need to work through and, and talk about. And I, I want to start at the top. I want to start with our land flipping business. This is one of those things that continues to get better. Like it always, always puts up a positive number every single month. You mean like a fine wine, Russ? It just gets better with age. I don't even like wine. So, no, that's not a reference I, I agree with. Like, I'm not a wine guy. have never been a wine guy. I don't understand the concept of getting better with age. It's like, what? explain that to me. Why is it that wine gets better? Or why do you believe it gets better with age? Uh, you're, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm, I am not a, uh, a connoisseur personally. And, but I will tell you that the, it has to do with the fermenting process. So I don't think our land is fermenting, but it's just getting better. It's getting greener. Uh, how about that? Is that better? It's getting greener every single month, the grass. And it, let me just say. Desert. I don't think the desert <laughs> is getting any greener. It, it, but can I, can I share one story with our audience? Yes. So last month we got a call which just epitomizes this land flipping business. Got a, got a call from the group who's managing our, our, our business for us. And they say, hey, guys, kind of an interesting day. We get a, um, this morning, we went ahead and executed a default on one of your notes, meaning that one of the people who've had your property for the last four to five months has willingly, voluntarily stopped paying and is turning over the property to us. So we're not having to go through any of the... Um, I don't know, it's not foreclosure or whatever the, the word he used was, but we don't have to you know, go through any legal process to make this right. happen. They're willingly giving up the property. That's just not something they want to keep. So we lost you know, $150, $160 a month in passive income. He said, but by two o'clock this afternoon, we resold the property 
at a higher price than we had sold it to the first person at. And so now not only do we, uh, are we going to make five or six more months of income that, you know, that we, we get to put in our pocket because the first person paid in and, and quit. And then we sold it again for a higher price than the first person had originally paid for it. So we're getting more money per month for a longer period of time. And I'm thinking, this is beautiful, man. This epitomizes the land flipping business that there are, there are times where people are going to stop paying, but in most scenarios that ends up being a win to us. Correct. Exactly. I, I think that's the mindset shift that happens when you are the bank in the process. And we talked about this with infinite banking. That's what we uh, kind of started our whole career on. And, and, when you take the place of the bank, a default is not a negative thing. But if you're not the bank, a default is always put into a negative light. Uh, in this case, we, we've now created a less basis that we have to get back and it just continues to produce for us. And the fact that our team is, is able to, to capitalize on that is huge so quickly and also, I think about it this way. Also, another benefit to this is, man, we are really providing a service to people. I don't know if you can think about it, but people are buying twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollar parcels potentially from us for the cost of a car note. Like, yeah. that's a huge opportunity for people that we're able to provide that service, and it's very profitable in the meantime. So. Anyways, I, I want to give you I want to give you a couple of things here, just some quick takeaways. Because if you're hearing this and you're saying, "How do I get invested into the land business? How do I start taking action on this?" There's a couple of different strategies. the The easiest way that 99.99 percent of the people get involved with the land flipping business is they go to www.thelandgeek.com. Our friends Mark Podolsky, Scott Todd, Tate Litchfield, the the coaches and team over there are amazing. They have a, a number of different ways that you can get involved from a DIY to um, like doing it with you, which is what we did originally, went through uh, flight school and then went through the boot camp, something that we continue to participate in. I, I think if you're interested in the land flipping business, we know so many people in our community that are just following the model. It, it's not necessarily passive in the way that that is, right? Because it's a lot of getting getting the business off the ground initially and then it becomes more and more and more and more passive as you build the business kind of like moving from that s quadrant as robert kiyosaki would say to the b quadrant the the second way and this is for the accredited investor group in the crowd right the people who want to say russ and joey how are you guys making this passive because i hear you saying your team who's managing it that that is an absolute passive activity for us. It wasn't initially we had to like figure this thing out. But if you're interested in kind of the done for you model in the land flipping, the way that we're talking about it, and you're an accredited investor, you can join us at wealthwellwallstreet.com forward slash club 200 and apply to be inside of our passive income mastermind because that deal lives exclusively inside of there and while you can connect with uh, the land geek and and they're the ones who run that they would let you know that the fast pass lives within club 200 the people right. that are in club 200 literally get to go to the front of the line or pick the month that they want to start because i think they've got like two years they've, they've got a queue of they're backlogged year, yeah backlog two years long 
for people to get into this. But for any member in Club 200, they go to wherever they want to in the line. And I think yeah, the, that's a real you're, cool you're, thing. You're not at the back of the line at Space Mountain. Let's just say that. <laughs> that that's that's what you're getting. And, the, and uh, by the way, if you, Joey, I know you haven't done it because we've talked about this. The difference between the VIP and not VIP at Disney World is ridiculous. Like having yeah. friends who have just blessed me a few different times in our family with the VIP pass. Like it is, it's amazing. Like I'm walking by people and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> just, just cruising. And then we get off the ride and my son's like, let's do that again. I'm like, okay. And then we walk right by that same person again. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it, it just stinks. Like Man. I would be cussing me if I was you. So th- that's what I'm saying is like club 200 is that VIP? It's the people everybody else is cussing because they're like, "Dang it! I wish I was over there." How did they get to do that? And it, it's it's a it's a fast pass. I All appreciate right, you going. pointing out that I have not done that yet, Russ. Again, um, yeah. Well, hey, look. I mean, I, I'm just gonna say, like, I haven't paid to get it done. Some friends gave that to me. I'm super grateful. You know who you are. You're my boy, Blue. You know. <laughs> Uh, so let me do a quick update. The Iron City Cattle Company is 100% dissolved. It's over. Don't uh, clap for the crowd here. <laughs> the cattle have been put out to pasture, and that is a, a, a great learning opportunity for us. What did we say? You, you never fail. You learn or you win, right? And in this case, you either have learned. a success or you have a lesson learned. And you and I learned that we should stay out of businesses that we don't know anything about. And we don't have the ability to influence the outcome. And right. that would be one of those where we were never going to influence the outcome of the cattle business. We, we were amused. I don't even think it was an investment. It was, it, it was like, I don't know, like what's the old saying? I'll pay ten dollars watch a monkey dance. Like we we paid ten thousand dollars a piece or whatever it was to watch cows dance. I mean, it was it, it definitely was it, it was entertainment. Poor choice of our money. I, I think we all lost probably about sixty percent of whatever we put in there. But thankfully, that's done. Let's just go ahead and take that off the board. Just go ahead. Okay. And all right. Just delete that cell for me, please. All right. Do I don't it. ever want to see that again. That's that's just those bad memories I don't want to have. Man, just nice. Gone. Be done. All right. Well, let's move on to Wake Up in Birmingham, our short-term rental business. And um, let's talk about that for a second. What happened in January? January is a slow travel month. If if you are in the the space where a lot of our units are right now, which are single, you know, one-bedroom units, there's not a lot of whole, not a lot of business travel happening right now. Not a lot of um, just travel ball, which is where we we get a lot of uh, people coming into Birmingham. Obviously, Birmingham is not a, a travel destination, but for you know basketball tournaments, volleyball tournaments, soccer tournaments, stuff like that. January is a slow month for that. Starting to pick back up now that we're into February, but that was a month where our our income was significantly down from its previous time. And just looking across the board, I think we averaged, Joey, our, our our occupancy for the year typically is around 78% on average. Right. And we were right at 60% for the month of January. Yeah, it did not. Uh, that does not bode well, by the way. 
And what, what it ended up being, which we added everything up. So you have some units specifically with your daughter and uh, with JMT, another group that you invest through. And we also have our management side of the business. When you, when you kind of add all those up, some are negative, some are positive. The sum is $69.35. <laughs> I, just, I just added those up. So you're saying we didn't lose money. We we made sixty nine dollars, um, and technically, I mean, you know, as we know this, and every real estate investor knows that even because we have depreciation within these units, right? So there's we we made more than sixty nine dollars, right? We're going to get to write off a lot of a lot of stuff, and that will it will help with our our total income. But as a, as a month, January is not not a good month. Here, talk about lessons learned in the month of January. I think that well, this is an important thing for for yeah. the short term rental business as a whole. So the, the thing that we have been talking about with our management team on this is that we got really, really focused in on building out our, our short-term rental course. And we did not execute our own marketing plan, right? It, we, we really kind of negated that. We have talked about it, but we have not focused on it. And so that's a lesson learned. And it's something that you can't just turn on your marketing in December, January, February, it's something you have to build into kind of the ethos of the company. And it's built into the, the weekly kind of discipline of the management team. And so we as owners and influencers in the business know what it takes to build that boots on the ground in our local area. And we need to focus on real estate agents. We need to focus on, um, insurance companies. We need to focus on like people who are being displaced from their home and need a place that's turnkey like what we offer. There's a, there's people staying in units across our city. They just didn't stay with us. And yeah, we, it's, our, it's our fault for not focusing in on, on going deep into some of those relationships and creating, um, you know, business during that time. Hey, no doubt. I mean, it's a, everybody knows this. We've all done it, right? We, we get 100% focus on one thing. And if we're 100% focused on one thing, there's something else that is not happening. The idea that you can multitask is a lie. You're doing usually two things poorly, but definitely at least one of those two things poorly. And I think that that's what we saw, right? Clint, who runs our short-term rental business, was helping us finish the course, which we were super excited to get that out there. Amazing content. I don't know how many videos, 50, 60 videos to show you how to get your first unit off the ground. Everything that you can imagine is in there. It's amazing. I hope that you will take action on that. I hope you will you'll go join our community at whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash community. And in the course um, catalog, you can purchase the short-term rental course. It is definitely, out of all the short-term rental courses, I've seen a bunch because you and I, before we ever started doing this, we we went through courses, we went through webinars, we did, we, we paid $20,000 for training. Like we we know what is out there and, and this, in my opinion, obviously I'm biased, but having seen all of those things, I have no doubt this is the best that I have seen. Now, there are probably other ones that have been, there's clearly lots of other courses that we have not seen, but out of all the ones I've seen, this is by far the best one. But for the month of January, it was costly for us. Like That's we, right. we lost in our short-term rental business fifteen to twenty thousand dollars because we had Clint not focused on marketing. He was dependent a lot on Airbnb and VRBO to do uh, 
the lion's share of the marketing, which they do that. That's the beauty for, for those listening to this. Like Clint was not marketing pretty much at all in the month of January, but still we had 60% occupancy because someone else was marketing for us. That's what those platforms do. It's our job to execute on our marketing plan to fill those gaps, to make sure that we, we don't miss out. And other things that we've mentioned before, but if you haven't listened to this, is I think we are way too overly weighted in one-bedroom units. We have how many now, Joey? 11 or 12 one-bedroom units still? That's right. That that's, that's way too many. We need to um, navigate away from that. We actually recently have a conversation. We have a we have a complex of 12 units that we have eight rented out, and they're all one-bedroom units. We actually sat down with the owner of that complex and talked about, one, us buying the building. He wasn't interested in us buying it. We wanted to buy it. The, the second thing is, okay, would you be willing to partner with us where we take over those other four units so we have all 12 and then we do we do something similar that hotels have where we build out pass-through doors through them. So that way you can connect units together. So we could literally on, I think we have like eight in a row. Like we, we could literally connect eight rooms on the top and four on the bottom as a as an idea. But more, you know, but give us options to have two connected, right? Where so when, you know, a group of two couples are coming to town or um you know, family of six like ours comes in town, we would be more willing to rent out something like that that had a pass-through door than than not, right? Because I, I just exactly. don't like two one-bedroom sitting side by side, but they have a pass-through door. Now that makes more sense. So that's one of the things that's on our docket to help reduce our one-bedroom spaces. We did in the month of December, as we mentioned last month, we got rid of a couple of two-bedroom or one-bedroom units and traded them in for two-bedroom units. But I think that this is definitely one of the areas that we've learned from is don't be heavily weighted in the one bedroom space. Yeah, no doubt. Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you gotta go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we, as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. All right, so moving on to our Ethereum miners. As you know, we are um, mining Ethereum, uh, cryptocurrency that then we can either save, we can we can transfer over to Bitcoin or some other coin. We have chosen to hold on to Ethereum and also to trade some in for Bitcoin. There's been a lot of turbulence in that arena in the last month or so. And um, from a performance standpoint, we we had looks like a little over ninety three hundred dollars, ninety four hundred dollars uh, gross income from those, and uh, netted out about six thousand. So we were we were still down from the month before by about forty percent. Now, what do you attribute that to, Russ? We had some reduction in price. 
and some obviously we weren't i don't know if our if the mining if our computers are mining at a slower speed or if there just is not as many transactions i, I need to check into that to be honest i should have done yeah. that beforehand to understand why that number was down i know obviously price was down but i don't think price was down 40 percent yeah. in the month i think there's a combination of price being down 20 percent or so and then the other other 20 percent it must be a slowdown in transactions. It, this is something that, you know, obviously the crypto spaces, the wild, wild west. We we were talking to a guy the other day, Joey. I thought he, he did a great job. He said, you know, crypto space is a lot like riding helmets back in the, uh, riding skateboard skateboards in the 80s without helmets, right? Like, <laughs> maybe not the smartest of things, right, to do. And I think for us, we're, we're still understanding this space. And it's not, not one of the things that, we would put tons and tons and tons of money into, um, but it's definitely a, a thing that we think is of the future. We did actually make a, a pretty large investment in the month of January into the crypto space, so didn't we? We did, yeah. We we bought into a Bitcoin mining operation that is run off of hydroelectric power, and um, this is a this is a substantial operation. We, in fact, we started out the whole operation by buying 6.4 Bitcoin out of the pool of investment because we thought this is on sale. Like if you, most people are thinking Bitcoin's taking a dive, Bitcoin's taking a dive. See, it's all going to fall apart. In the meantime, the gentleman who we're partnered with on this uh, helped out this, the country of El Salvador change their national currency over to Bitcoin. So he knows a little bit, he's a little bit more bullish about this. Um, and he's like, no, we got to buy this on sale right now. This is better than we anticipated. And uh, so anyways, any more detail on that you want to share, Russ? Well, the the mining operation, you say we we bought a mining operation. Helping you understand what we were talking about here. We're going to have hundreds of computers that are mining Bitcoin for probably five years, I think is our, our window of time, four to five years. And as a group, we will be mining it. And that that will be paid out to us monthly, just the same way the Ethereum is. So starting this summer, they'll go, um, they'll go online. So we had to order that, all those computers, they come over in a big huge, and they put them in a big huge cargo shipping container. Like it's amazing uh, how big this is, but that will be something you'll see on our report starting this summer. You'll start seeing us reporting our, our mining from Bitcoin will go on this. And I, I expect good things from that. I think that that's definitely for us. I think that's the way to, to play in this game is to be the one selling the axes, not the one uh, digging for the gold kind of thing. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, while we did buy some gold and we, we are in what you said there, we, we bought Bitcoin, we're expecting appreciation in it. But that's just because we had leftover cash. That cash had to be held somewhere. We could hold it in USD, which we think is going down in value, or we could hold it in BTC, which we believe is going up in value. So it wasn't a, a an appreciation play. It was more of a place for, to hold the currency until we needed it. That's right. And it just so moving on, all, our ATM machines are still continuing and still creating twenty one eighty four per month. Very simple, very simple investment. It, it runs itself. We don't have anything to do with it. And it's just 
it's just a great investment. Um, now you have an update on the multifamily syndication. Is that right? Yeah. So any of these things we're talking about right now, whether it's ATMs or apartment complexes, these are syndications. These are things that you've you've heard a lot of people on our podcasts in the past who who, who talk about these. There are ways to get your dollars in uh, with a group of other people. Obviously, these are purely passive. Someone else is running and managing these. The important part to these things is that you need to invest in the operator themselves. You never buy you should not buy into syndications based upon numbers because people can doctor the numbers. You need to buy into the person. There's lots of questions that you can ask those individuals. And if you're, again, an accredited investor, you can join our Club 200. We've done several different um, talks on this and had have people who run these syndications talk about the things that you should be asking syndicators, the things that you should know and the ways that you can determine if you're investing in the right people or not, because there's where the difference in money is, right? So one of the, the person that we use for our ATM is going to be speaking at our live retreat in Austin in May, right? And That's right. like we know him and we understand his background. We understand what he's doing. Now, the multifamily syndication that I invested in, as much as I wanted to know about them, and I, you and I did some research on them. We actually flew out to Arizona. And, and while they're smart people, there was things that I didn't know to ask then that I wish I would have known that I'd known now, right? And as a, a part of that, there's just decisions that were made, whether intentionally or unintentionally, I don't want to say they're intentionally, definitely probably unintentionally, but there's just mistakes that were made that cost us, right? And so ultimately, yes, I got to notice that um, the uh, some of the apartment complexes that I own in that are now being sold and we are going to be getting some of the expected money back. I'll make money. It's just a fraction of what I thought I would have made, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I think there's, again, lessons learned. At this point, it's not going to cost you money, but there is definitely opportunity cost because what you could have earned and should have earned on that money was not realized. Um, moving on, uh, my long-term rental still going strong, uh, making about $200 a month. It's just kind of, it's the, it's the, the seed of our short-term rental business. <laughs> so grateful that we have it and it's just kind of rocking on now. Cousin Eddie, my RV last month, not good. It's also seasonal, right? This time of year, people are not traveling as much in December, January, February, but already the bookings for March, April, May have already started to pick up substantially. In the month of January though, brought in about $383 in revenue, but it cost me 1,020 to operate it. And also, this is kind of behind the scenes, I'll share this. Because I had such a short, like a, a a time frame in January where there just weren't people renting it. The beauty of me owning the RV is that I could bless somebody else with it. And there's a, a gentleman that I'm friends with and have supported his ministry for years and years, really love their family. And he just saw my post and mentioned, Hey man, I'd love to to take this out at some point. How much does it charge? How much does it cost? And it just to me, Russ, I mean, you know me, I, I just wanted to bless him and his family and just seeing some of the pictures that he was able to enjoy 
in and around Alabama. Uh, it was it was just one of those great things that I could do. And it cost me money to help like pay for the cleaning and all that kind of stuff. But it was it was the intangible of owning this passive income asset so, that so I just want to share. Ask you a question. Are you still happy that you bought the RV? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. At the very least, again, the very least, this is meant to help to offset the cost. But even if I never rented it, I would be grateful to have it for the, the various trips that we're already planning this year with our own family. And, and then again, uh, to be able to bless do, others. Do you see this as a luxury item or a passive income item? I would say at this stage, at best, it's going to break even and maybe make a little bit. But I, I would say it's more of a luxury item. Okay. I, I, I'm going to say right now, based upon every number I've seen, it's not making money. It's losing money. So it is a luxury item. But I, I'll wait. I, you know, who knows what happens over a full year? Exactly. I'm just wondering. Like, again, Don't shoot me down pe- yet, okay? Pe- well, Don't no, I'm not down. shooting you down. But the person who's listening who said, well, should I go buy an RV and do what Joey's doing? I don't want you, I don't want anything that we do to lead them astray, right? Like that's right. You can spend your money any way you want to. I spend my money the way I want to. And I'm okay with that, but there's things I'm just gonna say, yeah, no, you know, driving specific cars, living in having lake houses. I won't say that those are investments, those are luxuries. I would say this RV for you is a luxury, it's not an investment. Oh and I think the key is it's very labor intensive from a management standpoint. So the kind of splits that you could get on like, let's say someone managing a long-term rental is maybe 10% that you pay in management fees or 9% in some cases. But when you talk about something along this lines, it's hard to find somebody that's less than 50%. Well, so, so you're, so that's, it, it, I think that's the big kicker. Well, the other you side manage to it yourself. That, yeah. The other side to that too is how many miles does it have on now? I haven't gotten an update yet. Recently. Give me a guess. And you've had it for five, six months. How long? I think it's like 7,000 7, miles or something like that. How much? 7,000 or 8,000, something like that. You're out of your mind. <laughs> You're out of your mind. How many, how many miles did you drive when you went west? Um, It was about Five thousand or something like that. See, it's driven. So only two thousand miles have been driven on it when you weren't in it. Well, a lot of the trips are really close locally. You, I know, I know one couple that drove this thing to Wisconsin and back. Well, like I said, I haven't got an update. You put me on the spot. I'm just doing the no, best. I'm I can. It, but I'm just the whole point to that is just to say, like the amount of miles that you're putting on it, and it, it's a luxury. I, I yes, I'm busting you, but I'm just. Like I'm wanting to deter people who are seeing this as a passive income stream. It's like to me right now, it's it's Iron City cattle and hundred unicorns. It's Oof. it's a luxury. Don't hit me with hundred unicorns. It, <laughs> it, it it was it was a dead month for hundred unicorns. Lost thirty nine dollars <laughs> because I had to pay the Shopify fee. Okay. All right. So, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to wrap this up here. I, All right. <laughs> just, I, to me, that that's important for us to cover, and I'm sure I've got plenty of these things that you'll be hitting me on at some point. <laughs> the other the other parts that we've talked about, we just actually interviewed somebody that was on our. They'll be on, coming up on our podcast soon. Who's in the music business, and he he makes a, a good amount of money in royalties from licensee fees. 
we we have a different type of kind of information business, which is where we do um, have courses and groups and content that that you're able to take advantage of and get access to. And that that is one of the areas that we've been able to build up through our community. And we always encourage you, if you're not a member of the community, join. It's free. WealthWallStreet.com forward slash community lets you're in. And in there, we have built more content. We have well over 5,000 members now, Joey. It is the place that we we put all of our energy. So if you try to find us on social media, you can probably find us, but you're going to find us inactive. We don't spend any time. It's probably a downfall. Like we probably should be better brand ambassadors on our own personal pages. But to be honest, we just spend all of our time and energy inside our own community. That's where That's right. we're posting. That's where we're sharing our stories. That's where we're posting stuff that is financial freedom related, but as it relates to our, our families. So if you want to um, support us, go to the community, participate, find courses, find groups, find conversations that you can get involved in. Uh, along with that, we, we do have a couple of little small investments. Uh, we do have a private note fund that we're a part of, Joey. Uh, it pays out quarterly. So last month we didn't, obviously it wasn't, we, we got paid in December for it. We have a, a small candle company and um, a little e-commerce business that um, we made an investment in and we get distributions every month on it. And I'm super excited about that little business's growth. I walked in my, my bedroom last night. My wife had a little little bottle, a little fragrance bottle uh, with, that said stack on it. I'm like, what's this? And she's like, oh, it's like a room spray. And I'm like, there you go. So stackcandles.com to get yeah. your own room spray. So you got room sprays, you got candles, and you have detergents, luxury Deter- detergents. Yes. So if you're looking for a gift for somebody and, and you need one of those just simple but amazing ideas to give, like this is one of those. Go to stackcandles.com. That's the way for us to bump it up. So at the end of January, as I said before, we brought in a little over 33000 in passive income. Not the exact month we were looking for. Uh, Joey, we're a long way from a hundred thousand, which is where our goal is. That's and, right. And uh, we got to get we got to get rocking. We got to we got to get focused. We got to we got to maybe make some decisions within the marketing of the different businesses to make sure that they can hit those numbers. We also have some investments that we are are yet to start turning out passive income that we've made, which will come on the board pretty soon. That'll help us. So. If, if this was helpful to you, uh, please like, uh, rate, and review the show. We we love um, to be able to uh, see your comments. Also, that's how other people find our show. And we hope that uh, that you found value in this. And we'll see you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.